0: Hello, I'm your host, Anita Inslee, and this is Decode the Secrets to Your Success, a podcast series dedicated to unveiling secrets for success in the entertainment industry and educating performers. This episode is entitled 10 Sneaky Biases in Grading Performance. My guest today is Chris Inslee, who is a teacher and a professional music director. He has 22 years of teaching in secondary and higher education. His subjects are American musical theater, chorus and drama. He was department chair for a high school arts department whose musical theater program was featured in the book and online course, performing arts rubrics and templates. Chris is a 30 year professional music director who has worked over 65 productions in theater from New York to Florida to Texas. As a proud member of the American Federation of Musicians, he has performed as a pit musician in over 45 shows. Chris holds a Bachelor of Music from Baylor University and a Master of Music from Florida State University. Chris, thank you for being with me to discuss sneaky biases in grading performance.
1: Absolutely, it is my pleasure.
0: If you are not show ready, you are not ready. Tip number one. Confusing grading with casting. The student you grade does not have to be a viable candidate for a professional or community show you may cast. Student grading is based on the success of the application of the instruction or the note you gave them. Ask this question. Did the student incorporate my note? How successful was the application? This bias came to me when you have an instructor or a teacher who is in the profession and they are not adjusting to education. Students don't really have to come to, come to the level of, they're not good enough for a show, so this affects their grade.
1: Yes, I, I think so. I, I try not to do that because it's an assignment in and of itself for that particular student and so what I'm looking for is is their growth in that particular assignment on that if it's a piece of music you teach them the music they work with it you give them instruction are they taking the instruction are they growing through that even by the end of it they may not be performance ready for an actual production, but they have grown through that piece. And I have, I have told students who were going for some sort of an adjudication type thing. I always say, don't worry about the final rating because I know where you started and I know how far you've come.
0: I think I agree with that. You have to start with where they started and grade the performance. And if you have a classroom full of students who vary in their ability, an A for student Susie and an A for student Margaret they might be their end product might be completely different Mm -hmm. and one is farther more advanced than the other one but they both got A's because they took your note they made the application and they grew
1: right and no matter how advanced the student is there's going to be room for growth somewhere and you can measure that
0: excellent only styles that I prefer deserve an A Tip number two, favoring personal talent preferences. Favorite voice part, timbre, vocal production, and personal temperaments can weigh an assessment. Prior to grading, identify students that don't embody any of your quote, favorite things, and turn up your fairness meter during their performance assessment.
1: I have an affinity for jazz. And if somebody comes in with kind of a smoky kind of voice, I'm just like, you can sing the phone book. That's fine with me. But uh, that doesn't necessarily mean they deserve a higher score just because that happens to be a voice i like again you need to leave that out everybody's voice is different and that's what i teach my students stop trying to imitate this singer or that singer Mm -hmm. your voice is your voice let's let's improve and try to perfect that and give you some skills to take that forward and so in grading the same way you know and i have had a number of students especially where I'm teaching right now, students that haven't had vocal training. And so they mm. come in and they're pretty raw. But as they take my instruction, all of a sudden these voices emerge that I didn't even know were there. Right. Um, and so those kids need to get a high grade, right. you know, as opposed to just because I happen to like your voice because you can sing like Al Jarreau, you know, whatever. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: And also um, not all roles in shows require versatility like a vocal acumen where you have a a two octave range and you have vocal agility and you can do runs, classical runs or riffs or things like that. Not everybody has the same skill set. Not every song requires that. I think maybe part of it is knowing what the industry and knowing what is acceptable for that industry. Now, if you're in classical voice, Uh Or um, vocal performance, yes, that requires a certain skill set. And if a student doesn't have it, they have to acquire it. But then on the same token, if you have a freshman coming Mm -hmm. into your program and they don't have a lot of vocal training or didn't have access to the vocal training that some students had, they're not D students just because they don't have... The vocal production. Yeah.
1: Right, right. They may have farther to go, but interestingly, those are the kids that you see the greater growth in right, right. than the ones who come in having already had a voice teacher for four years and are already doing all 24 of the Italian
0: artists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you're assessing vocal performance, be aware of what you do and don't like and don't punish or grade lower students that have qualities that aren't necessarily your favorite. Right. How do you grade someone who behaves like a jerk? Tip number three. The existence of personal conflicts. That student with whom you have a constant personality conflict is entitled to receive a high assessment if their talent deserves it. When that student performs their assignment, say to yourself... We have never met. Grade that student through a lens that is seeing them for the first time without having any prior personal interaction. (laughs) This will be fun.
1: That can be a tough one, especially for me.
0: (laughs) Why is that?
1: I mean, I don't know. I'm not one to judge, <laughs> but I have a strong personality. There have been over the years students I have locked horns with and just driven me crazy. And anybody who teaches is going to have that student right in any particular month um, mm-hmm. that drives them crazy. Um, and I have had to catch myself a few times uh, And when a student does particularly good work and it is just getting on my last nerve <laughs> to give them a high grade, but I have to stop and do, you know, say what I say to any other student. Where did they start? How have they grown? How have they, you know, have they taken what the correction I've given or the instruction I've given and have they applied it and moved forward with it? And, uh, you know, and if they do, then you have to grade them accordingly. You just have to. You do. It's, you know, it's that's the only way to do it. Um, for one thing, they can't accuse you of anything <laughs> if you don't. Now, if they have locked their horns in and said, I'm not doing what you said because I don't like you, then that's on them. Mm-hmm. Because that then, does affect them. Yeah, it, that does.
0: Because you're grading an education. So they need to acquire an education in what you're you're offering. I think the bottom line is basically if somebody's a jerk but mm-hmm. they're good at what they do, mm-hmm. unless their jerkiness is part of your grade. You can't lower their grade just because they're not behaving like a good person.
1: Right, right. And, you know, I, I have a few times forced myself to find the growth or the positive in their performance or in
0: their... In their um...
1: Assessment and tell them that. Congratulate them right. on good work, and you know, a lot of times it shocks them.
0: Yeah, and it gives them <laughs> a chance to to recognize what grace is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Being a team player has its value, but what is that value? Tip number four: the indulgence of personal favorites. It is natural that some students are more enjoyable than others because they appear more cooperative and embrace instruction. Similar to grading students with personality conflicts, prior to grading, say to yourself, we have never met. Be aware. Be neutral. weigh this student's work without your finger on the scale. That is hard for me because when you have students that work really hard and they're great and they're embracing everything, um, if you need to lower a grade because they didn't apply something and it's not because they're being stubborn, Mm -hmm. it's just because they haven't put in the work on something or it's just not measuring up where it could have and you're aware of that, you don't play favorites. Mm -hmm. You don't allow them any... um, passage like you wouldn't want to allow passage to someone that's not terrific Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. i like the students you know i just do that work hard and all that but also because of my personality i really enjoy the kids that are outgoing and fun and funny and and then talent on top of that Mm -hmm. um and so it's so much fun because we get together and we work and we find things and all that so i find myself if I'm not careful, spending more time maybe mm-hmm. on that student's mm-hmm. material because they're going so far and going places that nobody else is and then leaving other ones sitting off to the side going, well, when's it going to be my turn? So mm-hmm. I have to be really careful about mm-hmm. that. The other thing, though, in, on that that came to my mind is I tend to... If I have a student like that that I really enjoy working with and we click and we're working on all cylinders, if they then do something that's disappointing, I have a real hard time being forgiving. Oh, <laughs> because it's like wait a minute you can do all this and and we've done all this work together and now you're going to turn around and act like that or you're going to say that or you're going to come in unprepared and all of a sudden i think i'm a little more harsh
0: mm-hmm.
1: on them than the mm-hmm. ones that i have had to train how to do the work and how to come in with their music instead of mm-hmm. leaving it in their backpack and that kind of thing so i have to be real careful mm-hmm. on that because mm-hmm. if they disappoint me hmm It doesn't make me happy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have to say this, though. I want to throw this in, and I may need it to have thrown it in on tip number three. As someone who's been in casting or worked, and you work in the the professional Mm -hmm, arena mm -hmm. as well, if you have someone that's petty and stirs up a bunch of mess, and they're really good, they don't get the bone. Yeah. You know, in a professional situation, they don't get... Sometimes, what their talent deserves because you don't want that petty mess in the production of a show that you're spending a lot of money on. Right. So, there is that. So, sometimes someone that is amiable, hardworking, and maybe their talent doesn't measure up to the person in front of, front of them in line who is a complete jerk, but you know that person is going to be with you throughout the production and be cooperative hard-working, mm-hmm. and easy to get along with, mm-hmm. and forgiving to the artistic team when they need to scrap everything and change their mind and start all over right. again. So sometimes it does pay, um, pan out better for the more amiable person than the jerk. True. Yeah. <laughs> Looks aren't everything. Tip number five. The degree of physical attractiveness. It is common knowledge that physical attractiveness affects judgment. This can weigh into the grading process as well. In the classroom, guard against being swayed by the presence or the lack of physical attractiveness. Just grade the work.
1: I don't know that in the classroom, in in an educational setting, that I'm as swayed by the physical attractiveness Mm -hmm. as much as I am if a student comes in with a sparkle in their eye Mm -hmm. or they're eager. That draws me in, Mm -hmm. where sometimes that causes me to overlook. I don't want to say ignore because that sounds more intentional, and Mm -hmm. it's not intentional, but overlook
0: Mm -hmm. the
1: shyer student or the withdrawn student. Right.
0: Who, we do get into that
1: yeah and so that's that's where i think you know i have to guard against mm-hmm. it is the ones that come in and they're all talking they're excited oh my gosh i found this song and la 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 and it's like oh you know great let's go and all the while like i said earlier this this other student is just quietly sitting waiting their turn and doesn't ever get it
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, so i that's that's my i think attractiveness meter
0: but I can honestly say, um, you had a student that you asked me to come in to coach some students that were going to state thespian or district thespian, one of those mm-hmm. two, mm-hmm. to coach their things. And um, this particular student was just a common-looking girl. She didn't... She dressed like a grandma. She had glasses. <laughs> right? And, you know, she wasn't like the other teenage girls, all fluffy and fixed and all that. But she was really, really talented. Yeah, yeah. And she um, embraced the coaching and she applied it. And I hear from you when she got to this competition, Mm -hmm. she really applied it. And Mm -hmm. her scores were really low. And you were convinced it was because of the way she looked.
1: Right. And, and. Interestingly, I know exactly what situation you're talking about, and interestingly, even um, some of the other people at the school came in to listen to the kids before they went, and they were marveling at... Her voice and her level of talent, because they'd see her around school looking the way she looked,
0: and they didn't and expect, just
1: did not expect that at all. Yeah, and yes, I do remember that, and I, I was really put off by that because the scores were considerably lower than I felt like they should have been, and I thought
0: it was simply because was of because because how of the she, way looked. she looked. Yeah, and um, I am also aware of of people that go the other way. Um, People who are um, commercially ready, Mm -hmm. and I call it, when I'm casting, I call it Hollywood good looks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have that, and they're put together, and they look really nice. Um, I have seen people that don't like that. Right. And they punish that. Um, And that's unfortunate as well, because the professional industry, um, when someone is highly marketable and they're looking for their ingenue in their big commercial production, that is the kind of person they're looking right, for. Right. And if the talent is there and the looks are there, you know that should ha- that they should get what the the good grades or good good scores that they deserve as well. But yes, lack of or physical or the presence of physical attraction, you really need to guard against right. letting that bias you. Right. Hidden treasures bring great value. Tip number six. Dismissing plain features. Be careful not to overlook students with common features and introverted personalities. Ordinary students can be developed into impactful performers. They should not be dismissed and viewed through a superficial lens embrace the opportunity to celebrate good work. Now we've kind of talked about that in, in, in other tips, but this is very important. Um, something a lot of people don't know about me that work with me is I'm an introvert. I'm extroverted when I work. Um, and in high school, I was not the cutest, the tallest, the this, the that. I did get overlooked a little bit. And like your student that you mentioned in the other tip, when people heard her, they couldn't believe, you know, uh-huh. her ability. And so you really have to be careful because introverted people watch people. Uh-huh. They've got a lot of information. <laughs> and they know what kind of people do what kind of things. So delving into characters can be something that... Um, they're really good at. Mm-hmm. and they can be chameleons. I have a professional studio in which I coach people. and people that appear that come to coach every week or on a regular basis, and they look like plain featured people. When the, you dress them up and put on all the war paint and all the curling irons mm-hmm. and the hair gel, mm-hmm. it's a completely different person. Right. And they've got a lot of information that they have gleaned from watching and not talking that they put into their work. And I find they can be tremendous.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we did talk about that a little bit, I think, in the other, other, other tips. But, um, you know, we've all known people like that that they they just they dress down just in life yeah you know or they or they're quiet or whatever but but yeah you work with them and they pull it out and then all of a sudden it's like wow where'd that come from yeah you give them the
0: tools to develop that outgoing appearance right
1: and the reality of it is it was there all along right you know they just kind of hid it i think i i this just popped into my head I Love Lucy,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: the thing I have read so much over the years and reading stuff about her and listening Lucille to interviews, Ball. Lucille Ball is that she was not a funny person in life, but she was hilarious in I Love Lucy and in her TV shows is because she was a, a brilliant comic actress right and i think that goes along with with the introvert you know they they may not be this in life but you you know give them a spotlight and some grease paint and they come out of it yeah Um, and not
0: everybody's designed to be an ingenue or a romantic lead you have your character actors that you really do need in your production Mm -hmm. that um Fill out that picture that you're trying to create. Right. And the art that's within the quiet, what is it, still waters run deep? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) yes, (laughs) There's a lot going on in there. Right. So, yeah, don't overlook them. Absolutely. I am not biased. Tip number seven racial bias. None of us wants to say we are racially biased. If we are honest with ourselves, we can admit we lack some degree of enlightenment towards someone, somewhere. In order to allow equal opportunity in grading, we must first examine ourselves. Your classroom does not need you to quote, approve of them. They need you to accept them. Accept all students by grading them with equal judgment. Being African-American, and working in industries and institutions that are predominantly white. Not being racially biased is a little bit easy for me. The only things I have come across were things that I had not been around. And I remember my first um, chance to teach someone that was transgender, a child. That was too young to undergo the process, Mm -hmm. but they were living life as the other gender. I had never seen that before. Before I met the child, it was a summer camp, musical theater summer camp. And before I met the child, my mind kind of raced and it was like, what? And this was a while ago. Mm -hmm. I can say this was maybe 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. and I was wondering, what am I going to do? But then I met the child. Mm-hmm. And she was just a child.
1: Right, right.
0: Just another child. Right. And it really wasn't that hard to accept her. Um, and I heard someone say this somewhere. N- no one needs your approval. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You just have to accept them. Right. And I think for some people, there's no difference in those two words. Right. In order to accept, ex- right. they accept people they approve of when that is, it's not the same thing at all. Correct. You can accept someone before you, even if you never approve of, I don't know, where they come from, mm-hmm. who they are what color their skin is mm-hmm. or what gender they are mm-hmm. or where they are in their gender process. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to accept them and move forward. Um, and this is a sticky subject to talk about because I really don't know anyone that will go, oh, yeah, I'm biased. <laughs> I'm, race. I'm, I'm, race. I'm a racist but, um, or, or um, biased toward one thing or another. But this is a tough one. And I think the biggest thing is approval out the window. Right.
1: I teach in a large public school that's very diverse. Mm -hmm. Um, And my area sort of becomes the safe place at school for Mm -hmm. a lot of kids. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because, and I didn't, I mean, I'm not intentionally using those words, approval versus acceptance, but... I start off the beginning of every class at the beginning of the year or the beginning of the semester if it's a changeover. Of this is a safe zone. Everybody is mm-hmm. okay in here. You mm-hmm. be you. Be you. Um, we just I, have to have good manners. Yeah, I did a, <laughs> I did a summer uh, program, uh, a very famous one. I don't know if I can mention no, it let's or not, not, but it's a very famous <laughs> summer theater program up north and uh in in our pre before the the campers arrived uh and we were having all of our you know teacher meetings and all that one of the ladies said something that has stuck with me ever since she said it and she said at this particular camp everybody's out Whatever you're out is, we're all out. It's fine. Now that's out of the way. Let's get to work.
0: Yeah. And it was like,
1: I love that.
0: Yeah. I yeah.
1: love that. And so I've actually used it. It's like when you walk into Mr. Inslee's room, you're out. Whatever out you are, it's great. And we're fine. We are here to learn and make music.
0: Now let's together. put that behind us and keep going.
1: Yeah. So, you know, that's what I. I try to do, and um, as so that covers a bunch of of different biases, um, racial bias. Um, I mean, I have a very multi ethnic family, ma- family. <laughs> so yes. it's, I don't I don't think there's that. But um, I will say sometimes in when it comes to non traditional casting, even assigning material to students to work on. I do, I, I, maybe I'm a, maybe I'm old or a traditionalist or whatever, but sometimes I do have to intentionally break out of some of those uh, racial stereotypes or traditions in material right. and roles and assigning different things to different students. Well, with
0: blind casting you know, now, you can do pretty much anything right. except material where race is germane to the plot. Correct, right you have to be this particular ethnicity in order to do this because the story doesn't work.
1: Right, or it's actually a line in the script. Yes, (laughs) right. Yeah.
0: Right, Right. exactly. Beware of the green-eyed monster. Tip number eight, exercising envy. Some students are more talented than we the instructors are or were. This does not mean that we, the instructors, don't have anything to teach them. Educate them without exercising the need to put them in their place. Enjoy watching them grow. Also, help them view their extra dose of natural ability with maturity and gratitude. Teach them to be an encourager to others who may find them intimidating. Redirect envy by congratulating those who got what you wanted, be it talent or roles. This is just the truth. Sometimes you can see students at the high school level or college level that just have it. (laughs) And it's there. It's accessible to them. They can call on it whenever they want, and it it continues to be fantastic. I don't think any student looks at an instructor like, you don't have anything to teach me. Well, I think some might, but not all extremely talented students are going to do that because on some level, they know they're different. Uh-huh. And you would think that fills you with pride and arrogance, but it doesn't. When, when students know they're different, they're as insecure uh-huh. as the ones who don't have all that. Uh-huh. Um... So they really do need our encouragement, and you can always help them. Mm-hmm. Not criticize them or find something wrong, mm-hmm. but just help them enhance what they have. I'm thinking of one particular student that you had, mm-hmm. um, and I watched her perform, and I actually coached her to get into, into her conservatory. Um, and I, I was amazed at what she had at her disposal uh-huh, and uh-huh. how she took direction. It was incredible. Uh-huh, uh-huh. She's, she absorbed it all, and it came right back out, you know, uh-huh. and just changed things. And she looked like she was ready for Broadway in high school. Uh-huh, right. But she was also the most gracious, the most encouraging, and supportive person. She didn't look down on anyone. Right. And I just thought that was fantastic
1: right yeah the um there you know the thing that nobody prepares you for and now i mean i've taught high school and college and i've taught uh privately and all that and the thing that nobody ever sort of mentioned to me is that i might have students that were more talented than i
0: Mm-hmm. You,
1: know, I, you know, so you go in and you think, well, I'm this teacher and I have, you know, this knowledge that this, I need to the impart. this thing that you have
0: to be better than everybody else in the classroom.
1: Yeah. That's and Oh, true. that's just not the case. Yeah. And then I would get these crazy talented students, you know, and it's like, oh my gosh, I was nowhere near that at your age, you know. <laughs> but they are still looking to you as their teacher for guidance. Right. And, and you do have something to offer them Mm mm-hmm and it's I I've had many situations in addition to the one you were referring to where there would be a student that was just head and shoulders above everybody else the 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 one thing that a lot of kids don't realize is yes that student or those students do have a lot of talent But behind the scenes, they're also going the extra mile to work. Mm -hmm. Going and and schlepping to dance classes and schlepping to voice lessons and piano lessons Mm -hmm. and and going to different coaches around the state or the country when they have an opportunity uh, and doing all this stuff. And other kids who don't do all that just think, oh, they just are, you know, they have all this talent. It's like, yeah, they do, but they're also working Working to develop develop that. Um, And the thing that I have had to well, I have found myself in the situation in some cases is sort of being the protector of that mm-hmm. student because mm-hmm. of the envy
0: mm-hmm.
1: of other students and having to kind of set the record straight with other kids about, you know, there's really nothing to be jealous of where that person is not what you're painting them to be. Right. They see somebody that's really talented and has a lot going on and they automatically think that they're going to be these Mm. hateful Mm mean-spirited people and Mm -hmm. that's not the case and opening the other students eyes to that Mm -hmm. has has been interesting an Mm -hmm. interesting process Mm -hmm. too Mm -hmm. and they do come around and realize wow this person really is a good person you know right, right. uh but it takes them and then it's nice because you know in, as in performing arts programs you become a family and mm-hmm. and all that and then all of a sudden they become the protectors to the outside of the outsiders yeah. so you know against this right. person it's like hey don't say that that's not you know you don't know how it is or whatever <laughs> yeah. so um but that's i haven't i really don't think think i'm trying to think back because i've had some incredible like piano and organ students along Mm -hmm. the way privately i don't ever think i was jealous of them yeah but i always thought i was so fortunate to have an opportunity to teach this student and i had a teacher you
0: can watch your teaching just go to another level and that's enjoyable yeah
1: and you know and and i had a teacher one time say you know sometimes the you know in a private studio situation Mm -hmm. you have to take some of those students in order for your doors to stay open for those talented kids Mm -hmm. that come along on occasion um and you know that's true too but um
0: and this is a little off topic my my studio is filled with professionals right (laughs) with lots of skill and lots of experience Mm -hmm. there is still stuff to work on that they have to own and and get back on course. But I also have brand new students, younger ones. They're not the majority of my studio. They're probably five percent mm-hmm. of my studio. But it, it all. It's also fun to watch them, the ones that come mm-hmm. in and can't even match pitch, mm-hmm. and watch them grow. That takes your teaching to another level well, as yeah, well. Yeah, yes, I know. As well. <laughs> but yeah, poor thing. Tip number nine: exercising pity. Students working to overcome challenges can garner sympathetic favoritism. Pity can be insulting. Assist students in attaining their goals by providing practical tools and teach them how to use them. Give challenged students an opportunity for success with attainable goals and celebrate their accomplishments. There are two things in this for me. And one thing that I learned Challenge students don't view their challenge as you do, as someone without their challenge. Oh. So, pitying them is insulting, whether it's mental or physical. Uh-huh. Not everybody in a wheelchair feels sorry for themselves, uh-huh. or anybody with learning um, disabilities wants to feel sorry for themselves. So it's really bad for you to exercise that and go, "Oh." Mm-hmm. And so in turn, if you want to talk about skill sets or learning challenges which affects the talent development, don't give that student something they can't do because everybody else has has you're giving everybody else material on this level. Mm-hmm. And you pick something more attainable for mm-hmm. your challenged mm-hmm. student. Um, That's not pitying them. That's giving them something that they can do that they can be very successful Mm -mm. at. Um, So that's where I was coming with with this tip is you want them to look great, not giving them, being fair, and it's like, well, everybody has something from Les Miserables, Uh or I don't know, pick Uh something. Uh But you find a nice song from a golden age musical that is strophic and easy easier mm-hmm. to sing mm-hmm. and something they can produce and their product will be as dynamic as the other students. I think that's very important.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I had a student uh, at one point that wanted desperately, and, and she had a pretty voice, that she wanted desperately to go to an adjudication festival. Mm-hmm. And, and she had a, I don't know the... The correct term for it, but it was a speech Impedible. issue, an, an impediment, yeah. And uh, I didn't know if that was the right word to use or not. but, mm. uh, but And so I, I looked and I found some things that were pretty simple for her that would not be an overwhelming challenge mm-hmm. with the text mm-hmm. for her, which, you know, even the simplest was going to be a bit of a challenge, but would give her a chance to sh- showcase her voice, which was very naturally very sweet and mm-hmm. pretty, very small, but, you know, mm-hmm. a really pretty voice. Um, but what I ran into was another student who is highly... I, I can't say was highly skilled because she, she was working on it, but had a natural ability. And so... She heard this other student sing this kind of simple song in a rehearsal, and she was like, Wait a minute, you said we had to do a song in a foreign language. Why am I having to learn this? Life? <laughs> and I finally, you know, had to talk her down off the ceiling and in, in, a, in a nice way, in a kind of a roundabout way, but yet she got it.
0: She picked up on the fact to whom you...
1: much is given, much is required. <laughs> and to others, It's a process, so we start where they are and don't give them more than they can handle so they're not embarrassed or upset, you know, and she got it, but that was the issue I had because the student was just thrilled to be going, and she didn't care that her song was simple, and, you know, and she was just (laughs) singing it, but this other one, it was like, okay, sister, listen,
0: (laughs) here's how it (laughs)
1: is,
0: you know. Calm down. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Very good. Yeah, exactly. Some of these students don't like me. Tip number 10. Absorbing flattery. Charm and excessive compliments can be very effective in gaining approval. Resist absorbing or needing compliments. Psychologists identify excessive compliments as flattery, which is a form of manipulation. Wake up to the difference between the expression of genuine appreciation and flattery. Develop a personal standard that includes healthy boundaries concerning the need for students to demonstrate their approval. I have seen um, sometimes in my peers, and of course not in me, but <laughs> I, I, being human, I'm sure I have a degree of it, but I've seen how some instructors just absorb excessive praise and any student that's not engaging in it they really come up with this unfounded perspective that they don't like them as a teacher and therefore they're not going to be cooperative and they're not going to do this and it's simply because this person is not praising them as much as the other students they're just sitting back you know and and just listening and watching and that can be very dangerous because you're imposing some, a perspective on a student who's just being probably what they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be dangerous. But, you know, I think instructors need to have developed some self-confidence that they're doing what they need to do, and they don't need to see a sign of approval in the eyes of their students in order to feel like they're doing a good job or giving right. them a good product.
1: Right. Yeah. And, you know, I deal... Primarily with high school students in my teaching, although I have with college as well, and that's they're not much different
0: um, because they're all. (laughs) When it comes to this, they're all on that journey, but um,
1: (laughs) there is a line that can that gets crossed sometimes into Mm -hmm. that flattery. It's meaningless. Mm -hmm. Um, I tend to find it a little off-putting. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I agree. they come in, and if the first thing the same student says to you every day, "My, I like that shirt. That is a great shirt. Oh, that you look so nice today," and it's on and on. And it's, <laughs> it's like a pattern. after a while, it's like you don't mean what you're saying. You just can't think of any other way to greet me,
0: <laughs> you know,
1: or you're doing it for whatever reason. And um, I think you really can tell. You can tell if a student is manipulating you Mm -hmm. by flattering you or covering up something about themselves yeah or they're truly you know being appreciative complimenting you Mm -hmm. about something you've done or helped Mm -hmm. them out uh one of the things i was thinking about was you notice that a student appreciates what you're doing truly Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. all of a sudden they're help or not all of a sudden but they become helpful they're the one that helps it makes the other kids shut up
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) when you're trying to
1: say something or they're the one that you know it's like oh where did i put my thing they're the one up Look here it's right here you know because Mm -hmm. they 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 get to know you and the way you work and all that and there it's it's more complimenting by doing by actions yeah and showing that appreciation
0: or working hard
1: yeah and then and of course just the working hard and, and listening to what you say i find that more working in the profession Mm-hmm. That they become there. There are people that are they think by flattering you, mm-hmm. it's going to endear you to them and thus give them the role or give mm-hmm. them the job. Cast them in the show. Yeah, and but with me, it's it's really off putting.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think as instructors, we need to develop a level of self confidence where we deliver our instruction without it being so insecure about ourselves mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and that we know that we're prepared and we're giving the students what we need and we don't need them to go, yes, amen, this was fantastic. Right, <laughs> you right. know, that, that your product is good enough and you don't need praise to continue mm-hmm, doing mm-hmm. a good job. Right. Well, thank you so much. Certainly. For discussing this fun. with me. And I look forward to seeing you in another podcast. Okay. <laughs> Decode the Secrets to Your Success is a production of the Musical Theater Codex Studio. The series was written by me, Anita Insley, with editorial support by Chris Insley. You can find more about this topic on our website, which is www.musicaltheatercodex.com. That is theater with an E-R, not R-E www.musicaltheatercodex.com